Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Odds On Podcast, your home of football and sports betting. My name's Dan Tracy and for the next 45 minutes I'm joined by two top guests as we dissect all the numbers, look for the value and find those long shots before this weekend's football action. As I say, it's not just me on the show today, so before we start waxing lyrical about wagers, let's get the introductions out of the way. First up, I'm joined by Sam Tizzle. Sam, it's a pleasure to have you on the show and I hope all is well. Oh, really good, my end. Obviously, Newcastle has started to hit a bit of the winning streak now. Momentum hopefully carried into tonight's Champions League game, Champions League football back at St. James Park, boys. So, yeah, absolutely can't wait. Obviously, we've got PSG tonight. Doesn't really get much tougher than that uh, for your first home game. But, yeah, really intrigued to see how uh, how we do with Killer Mbappe this evening. Yeah, it's going to be a fascinating night on Tyneside. Jamie, of course, your last, but certainly not least, how are you feeling after the weekend's football? Yeah, nothing, nothing too controversial from a Spurs perspective. Nothing, uh, not too much to talk about. But uh, no, obviously it was uh, a really nice win on the weekend. Obviously, it was in very controversial circumstances. But look, a, you know, a big win nonetheless. Um, and yeah, just again, really nice to kind of be a Spurs fan at the moment. Obviously, you know, playing great football, getting great results. Um, obviously, we we'll have to see whether that can continue. Uh, I think we've got a very awkward game on the weekend, obviously going away to Luton, 12.30. So, obviously, we'll be discussing that a bit later. But, yeah, obviously, lots of good football to look forward to. Um, as we said, that Newcastle game um, on the night we're recording against PSG, I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. So, uh, yeah, lots of good football to talk about. Absolutely. Right, that's all the intros out of the way. So, let's get down to business. And, of course, before we start, wherever you bet, check first with freebets.com, your best place for offers, tips and insights. And from a social media point of view, if you're placing any bets this weekend, let us know via the odds on podcast hashtag. And who knows, we may be discussing your winners on next week's show. OK, where should we start first? Let's go north of the border as Rangers are looking for a new manager. Now, Sam, the current favourite is Kevin Muscat, odds of 5-2. to two. He currently manages Yokohama F Marinos, the same club that Andrew Postacogby managed before his move to Celtic. So do you reckon the blue half of Glasgow are now going to do something similar in terms of their new man in charge? Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me at all, this one. I mean, there's three managers now that seem to have come into sort of the bookies' minds as favourites. They're all kind of similar odds. Obviously, you've got Frank Lampard in there, and you've got Pascal Jensen as well. I think with this one here, it's a tricky one because I'm not quite sure on Rangers' strategy, to be honest with you, and how they've been appointing the managers for around 11 years now. So, obviously, Steven Gerrard had a decent stint there. He did three seasons. But other than Gerrard, you've only had two managers that have made it over a year. So you had Van Bronckhorst, who literally only made it three days over a year. Uh, and then you've also had Warburton as well, who lasted about a year and a half. Other than that, they've had managers that have obviously just petered away. And we've just seen another one uh, that's gone uh, that's just left in a short amount of time as well. So I think what they need to do is at some point, they really need to go, right, who's going to be our long-term successor here? But at the same time, speak, like listening to fans and stuff like that, they seem to be very divided. Like They'd happily just take someone that can come and steady the ship right now, get get the results in. Uh, so someone like a Neil Warnock in that respect, so I think would be a great appointment at 10 to 1 if you were looking for something short-term, but I don't think it'd be a long-term option. So, yeah, I'd be very intrigued to see which way they go with this one. I think Kevin Muscat, 5 to 2, there's a potential there, an old rival, obviously, of Neil Warnock as well. Many people know about some of the spats they had when <laughs> obviously Muscat was a player and Warnock was a, a manager. But, um, yeah, interesting to see how which way they go with this one. Well, Jamie, to be fair, it is a rather wide-open field. There's all sorts of names in the early mix. One of them is Graham Potter at 10-1. to 1. Could this be the perfect opportunity for him mm. to return to management? 
Yeah, I think with this one, I'd say very unlikely. Um, I think he's got his eye on kind of returning to the Premier League. I think it's been, you know, made pretty clear that he's he's turned down several other opportunities. I think there was a couple in France where, you know, he turned them down. And I think he's probably too good to go to Rangers. Um, obviously, you know, no real disrespect there, but I just think that he is a very good manager. Um, however, he might he might maybe look at this job and and think obviously, um, you know, what Brendan Rodgers did obviously had a big job in the Premier League. You know, towards the end, kind of didn't do so well, and his reputation was a little bit damaged. Went to Scotland, did very well. Obviously, then got his move back to the Premier League and did very well again in the Premier League. So he might kind of look at it down, you know, as, as going down a similar sort of route. But I, I, I think he's kind of waiting for a Premier League move. So I'd say no to Graham Potter, um, but I think there's definitely another former Chelsea manager who might want that job, and that seems like Frank Lampard. I think that this is is definitely one worth considering. Um, you know, obviously a guy who's who's been out of management for a while now. I'm sure he'll be desperate to kind of get back into it. Um, obviously, we'll have seen a former England teammate do very well there in, in Steven Gerrard. So. Um, yeah, I think he might well look at this one and, and uh, I think they might see it as a good fit, obviously very similar to Gerard as well. So, yeah, um, I would just say on Frank Lampard, I've never really kind of been fully convinced that he's like a, a, a good manager, obviously kind of struggled in the Premier League as well with Everton and never was convinced by him at Chelsea either. So I think for Rangers, I'm not, th- I don't think it would be an ideal fit for them going and getting Frank Lampard. But I just feel as though at this moment in time, I think that that's who they might go for. So, uh, yeah, Frank Lampard, definitely worth keeping an eye on here. Yeah, I'd agree on that front. Also, Rangers find themselves in European action on Thursday night. They travel to Cyprus and Aris Limassol. Sam, with the relative turmoil that they find themselves in, is the 10-11 to away win one to approach with caution? Yeah, I'd say it's... Um, I think it's about possibly on the money. But what I would say is, obviously, with this current situation, it's probably actually one that I'm going to be staying away from. We know Rangers actually have decent records in this competition of, in recent years. Uh, they've not done too bad, have they? But I just think of the current situation at this moment in time, it could be a difficult place to go uh, in Cyprus on it when, when you sort of in these because we know they're going to sit back basically. They'll, they'll sit back largely for large parts of the game, and Rangers might struggle in parts. I just think this is one for me. I'd completely leave this one alone. While it was Aberdeen who put pay to Michael Beale's time as Rangers boss, they are in Conference League action on Thursday, a home to HJK Helsinki. So, Jamie, the Finn season is just about to come to an end. Can the Dons take advantage of this with a home win odds of 17-20? to 20? I think they can, actually. Um, I think, you know, against Frankfurt, they caused them some issues in Germany. And obviously, to the Frankfurt side have got really good reputation in Europe, especially over the last couple of years as well. So, obviously, they, they did lose that game, but it was only 2-1. Um, they had the game level until the, till the till the hour mark as well. So, they obviously did well there. Um, they also managed seven attempts to Frankfurt's 10 as well. So, it was a good performance um, against Frankfurt. Um, and, you know, they face a Helsinki side who who did lose their opening game against, uh, you know, they lost that, that opener as well. So, they, they come into this maybe confidence knocked a little bit. And as you said, they're obviously coming towards the end of a, their season as well. So, Maybe a bit of fatigue in there. Obviously, Abazin, they should be fresh. Obviously, coming off a, a big win in the league as well. So, uh, yeah, I, I think I, I think a home win's the way to go in this one. OK, let's look at European interest from a Premier League point of view on Thursday. Marseille and Brighton square off. So, Sam, it was certainly a baptism of fire for the Seagulls in Europa League match day one. They are the slight favourites before they go to the Stad Velodrome. Do you agree with this? Yeah, I make them very slight favourites in this one. Uh, but what I will say, though, is there's been a couple of performances of late that 
you suggest definitely make them look vulnerable, obviously. We, can all, we all saw what happened at the weekend there. Aston Villa absolutely demolished them 6-1. So there's definitely some food for thought there for the Zerbi. And I think that Marseille will have been looking at quite a few of the games where they have been beat this, this season. Stark so obviously pick out the West Ham result as well, where for large parts, they had like something like 80% of possession in the game. But they're really, really vulnerable on the counter-attack. And that other game was exposed, I fought against Aston Villa. So there's definitely something there. It's definitely a chink in the armour. So I think that Marseille, to be fair, as we know, strong team, and especially in European competition, they have got history. I mean, and also, to be fair, with Jamie, he called this one with Brighton. He thought they'd struggle to potentially get out of the group. And obviously, that shock defeat against Athens in the first game at home, you know, that's not stood them in good stead. So, yeah, it's an absolutely massive game for Brighton this tonight. I do have them down as slight favourites to win, but I'm not overly convinced that they will. Um, yeah, I think this is going to be a cagey one. I think they might just nick it. That's what I'll go with. I'll say like, like a one-goal advantage in both teams to score. I think what they need to sort out is the defensive issues. Conceding far too many goals. They've not kept a clean sheet in 11 games, so that obviously leaves them so vulnerable. Now, Jamie, if we look at this game from an over-under point of view, the line at the moment is over 3.5 goals at 11-8. to eight. There were five goals in Brighton's opening Europa League clash. Would you be backing at least four in France? I think this is going to be quite a chaotic game. And I think, yeah, there will be plenty of goals here. Um, I think for Brighton, this is going to be a very tough one for them. Uh, Marseille, I think we all know, is a very hostile atmosphere going over there. And obviously with Europe, uh, you know, uh, obviously Europe being very new for Brighton, I think it's going to be something they're going to be very unfamiliar with. So uh, I think that, you know, that's going to play a big factor on the, on the night. Um, Marseille as well, obviously, finally got a new coach. Uh, Gattuso is the man who's come in. Obviously, they had their first game, um, his first game in charge on the weekend. They played Monaco. Uh, they did lose 3-2, but this is a Monaco side who are top of the league. Um, they're doing very well at the moment. So, you know, I think to, to score twice was obviously a fairly good start and it was a good performance as well. So, yeah, that's, that's obviously interesting. But, yeah, I think it's going to be quite a chaotic game, as I said. So I do expect expect plenty of goals over 3.5. I, I think would be a good shout as well. And do you know what? I'd even go with the Marseille win with that as well. I, I think that, you know, the, as I said, with the atmosphere that's going to be on show, I think obviously with the new manager in charge now, um, I think this is going to be a really tricky evening for Brighton. And of course, they're coming off the back of that big defeat to Aston Villa as well. So kind of confidence will be low. Obviously lost to Chelsea in the cup as well. So um, yeah, I'm going to go for a Marseille win over 3.5 goals at 11-2. to two. I think that's a great price, actually. The way you mentioned Gattuso in at Marseille, that new manager bounce, Brighton never gone to an away game in Europe, have they? So all those factors, I don't think, work in Brighton's favour. I don't see them getting a win, to be honest. I don't think even a draw is going to be in their remit on Thursday. But also on Thursday, Liverpool play host to Belgian outfit, Union saint Gillars. So the Reds failed to keep a clean sheet in Austria a fortnight ago. Sam, can they do the same at home with a win to nil? Odds of 11-10. to 10? Yeah, I'm not generally the biggest fan of these win to nil odds, uh, especially if they're under sort of evens or around evens. I sort of look for something a little bit bigger. And Liverpool, definitely not a fan with it at the moment, the way that they're going. They've not managed to keep a clean sheet. Oh, sorry, they've kept one clean sheet, sorry, from the last 11 games. I think it was two from the last 16. So something's not quite clicking in the defence for me from what we're used to seeing with Jurgen Klopp's sides. There's something that's just not quite happening. Uh, so, yeah, I'm not massively inspired for this one. But having said that, I'm also not massively inspired for the winning both teams to score price of six to four either. Um, so I think with this one, I do fancy goals. I think Liverpool will be a comfortable um, 
comfortable home win. I think they'll score three or four. Um, but yeah, obviously when it comes to the other end, will they keep it? At, will they keep? Will they keep the ball out of the net? I'm not so sure. So I'll probably be staying away from that one. But I'd be looking at something like Liverpool and over three and a half, maybe. Okay, and JB, if you're looking at this game from an anytime goal scorer point of view, what name takes your fancy before Thursday? Yeah, I think there's going to be quite a bit of rotation for Liverpool in this one. And uh, I think that will see Darwin Nunes come into the team. Um, so he's going to be my pick at four to five. Um, he obviously scored in, in, in the last game as well in that opener, in that opener for them. Um, and yeah, I think in this competition, he's going to get lots of opportunities, obviously in the league. Not really been getting too much game time. So, uh, yeah, I think the Europa League's where he's going to get plenty of minutes. And uh, look, obviously, as I said, scored in, scored in that first game. So uh, I think he could do the same again here at four to five. Now, Sam, West Ham's trip to Freiburg could take your fancy. The Hammers have made an impressive start to the season. Is there value in an away win on Thursday odds of eight to five? Yeah, I'm not sure I'd say it's value. I'd say it's probably on the money this one as well. Uh, I think Germany's a difficult place to go when you're not sort of one of the elite clubs. And if you're not... Obviously, Bayern Munich, sort of Dortmund, maybe out of the picture, but like these other teams as well, like Freiburg and Frankfurt and stuff over the years, they can make it difficult um, when you go there. If you're not one of the top teams, I think it's going to be a struggle. Uh, West Ham are going to have to use sort of their momentum coming into this game, and obviously, I think it's a case of not rotating teams too much, straight playing, going out there and playing your strongest team. So if he, if he does that, I think West Ham have every chance. Let's put it that way. Um, Freiburg had a, a mixed start to the season, sort of similar actual league position in terms of where they are, but not taking quite as many points as West Ham have uh, in the league. But what I will say about Freiburg is what I've, what I've noticed is there's been two big defeats in there. They conceded four against Dortmund and five against Stuttgart. So West Ham will probably be looking at them games and thinking, right, where was it that they were caught out? Um, I think with this one, I can see West Ham... I think they'll get something from the game. I'd probably say a draw would be a result they'd be happy with. If they get a win, fantastic. But for me, I'd probably be looking at the draw in this one. Now, Jamie, we cannot forget Aston Villa either. They're in the Conference League on Thursday. They go up against Bosnian opposition in the shape of Zarinski Mostar. How does a home win and over 3.5 goals at odds of 6-5 to five sound to you? Yeah, I, I think that's probably the way to go here. Um, obviously, it was a bad start for them. Obviously, they lost against Legia Warsaw. Um, but I think in this one, they should have more than enough quality here, especially at home as well. So, yeah, I think they'll definitely bounce back with the win. And um, look, they showed on the weekend, they're a team with plenty of goals in them. Um, you know, even against Legia Warsaw, they managed to score twice as well. Um, obviously, beat Chelsea away as well recently. Um, and yeah, as I said, that, that six goals against Brighton certainly showed they've got lots of goals in, the, in that team. So, uh, yeah, I think it's going to be a big win for them. So, over 3.5 goals and a Villa win looks pretty good to me. A big win for Villa, perhaps. A big game on Sunday for definite because we're going to go bet building once again and we're off to North London as Arsenal play host to Manchester City. Sam, as always, I'd like an anytime goal scorer from you, please. Yes, yeah, so it's a tricky one, this. I mean, everything in my guts said go with Haaland. And, you know, it probably it's, it, it, he's obviously the most likely contender. But I thought, obviously, I want to give something a bit different. And it's a bit, obviously a shout out to a man that's obviously been in great form. And uh, it's going to be Alvarez. I think he's been sort of pivotal to a lot of what's been good about um, about Manchester City going forward this season. And he's actually found a bit of good goal scoring form as well uh, for the citizens. So for me, I'm going to be going with the Argentine. Uh, I just think that this is the sort of game where I think Arsenal, they'll be focusing so much obviously on Haaland as well. But what you're finding is 
Alvarez is finding little pockets of space quite often. He's involved so heavily in the link-up play. And obviously set-piece duties now as well. He's getting a lot of free kicks sort of at the edge of the area. Um, obviously, like we see, we saw he scored against Wolves last weekend. A couple of goals against Red Star Belgrade as well a couple of weeks ago. I think he's probably the man for me what I'll be looking at for sort of like a bigger odds bet for us. I didn't want to go anything too short, lads. No, I completely appreciate that. So, Jamie, to build on that, I'd like the over under on the goals, please. Mm. Yeah, I think this is going to be a really exciting game and, and one with lots of goals. And of course, last season, it was in both games. Um, obviously, both 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 of those games ending with over 3.5 goals. Um, I think as well, you know, given the erratic form of both teams, obviously Arsenal losing in the Champions League, obviously suffered some bad results also in the league this season. Manchester City, of course, losing on the weekend as well to Wolves. So, you know, both teams a little bit unpredictable at the moment. So, uh, yeah, and, and if you factor in, you know, both teams playing in Europe this week, I think this is going to lead for, as I said, a, a pretty chaotic game of football. Um, obviously, Rodri's out for, for Manchester City, so that could leave them a little bit open. Arsenal times have shown, you know, some uh, fra uh, frailties in defence as well. So, yeah, I think this game is going to have plenty of goals. So I'm going to go for over 3.5. OK, then I'm going to go to the cards market. And although this is a high-profile game, both Arsenal and Manchester City have been on the softer side of the discipline scale at the start of this season. The Gunners have picked up just 10 bookings. That's the lowest in the division thus far. City have picked up just two more, with 12 in total. Therefore, I'm looking at the both teams to pick up two or more cards market. And this time, I'm going to go with no. And this choice is priced at 11-10. to 10. OK, then let's just recap our three picks. Sam has gone for Julian Alvarez to score at any time. Jamie's gone for over 3.5 goals. I've gone for the two or more per team cards market. No, that one all combined is odds of 12 to 1. £10 on the betting slip. £130 in your back pocket if it gets over the line. I hope it gets over the line for you. I hope it gets over the line for us. But let's have a quick chat about the game itself now. And Sam, with the gap between Arsenal and Manchester City being shortened to just a point and the visitors having no Rodri, will the Gunners be licking their lips before Sunday's clash at the Emirates? Well, I think they might have been a little bit more confident um, after, sorry, before uh, Saka went off last night. So, obviously, you just spoke about Rodri there. And for me, I've been saying it before the season started and probably the back end of last season that Rodri, for me, along with Haaland, is probably City's most important player currently. I think, obviously, De Bruyne would probably be up there. But, obviously, De Bruyne's injury record the last 18 months or so, I think I have to rule him out of it. Um, what we've seen is a massive dip in City's levels without him over the last couple of games. Obviously, Newcastle, my boys, and Wolves have been able to capitalise on that. He really is the linchpin in that midfield, and that's the reason I backed him at the beginning of the season at 50-1 to to be the PFA Player of the Year. Um, I just think that he raises the level so much in that midfield. He breaks up play and obviously just relieves so much pressure on the defence. But what is worrying, I think, obviously, like I said there, Saka going off for Arsenal is a huge blow. I think he started about that last 86 games or something. For Mikel Arteta, so it'll be interesting to see how they adjust coming into this one. I think as big a blow as Rodri is, I think Saka might just be a bigger blow for Arsenal this weekend. Now, Jamie, with Manchester City losing last weekend, any points buffer that the defending champions had in their possession is all but gone. Does this mean they have to go for broke on Sunday, or is the draw not a bad result in their eyes? Yeah, I think a draw would be a really good result for them. But just in terms of the title race, I just kind of really struggled to see where that competition is going to come from. I know obviously they, they did slip up against Wolves. And I did say obviously on the, on the last uh, podcast, you know, when we talked about maybe them going undefeated, I said there might be some times when they do slip up. And uh, obviously, I think that 
you know, the game against Wolves was just a blip. And um, as I said, just kind of struggling to see where that competition for the title is going to come from. Obviously, the two main candidates here would be Liverpool and Arsenal. Um, Liverpool, I think they've looked good this season, but are they really good enough to kind of push this Manchester City team? Um, then, of course, you look at Arsenal, again, another team who have looked good. But again, I just question whether they are good enough to, uh, to push Manchester City. So, um, yeah, I think in this one, just avoiding defeat, kind of uh, you know, denying Arsenal that opportunity to make up ground on them would be massive as well. So uh, yeah, I, th- I think a draw here would be a really good result for them. And uh, you know, if Arsenal aren't really able to make up any ground, obviously we saw them lose twice and um, to Man City last season, and that that what's really cost them the uh, you know securing that league title. So uh, yeah, I think a draw here would be a really good result for Man City. Well, Sam, let's build on that then, because if you're looking at this game from a half-time, full-time point of view, how do you see this one panning out? Yeah, it's funny you just mentioned the draw there. I actually fancy a draw in this one. Uh, so I'm going for half-time draw and full-time draw, 9-2. to two. I think it's going to be one of them games where both managers will probably be happy with the draw, in all honesty. Um, I think they both know that they're missing two key players. So to, to take anything from the game would be massive for them. Um, so, yeah. I think 9-2 for the draw. So, half-time draw and full-time draw is where I'd be hedging my bets. OK, and Jamie, Sam has offered up Alvarez as an anytime goal scorer. Who are you offering up as the opening goal scorer on Sunday? Yeah, do you know what? I'm going to agree with him here in, in terms of Alvarez getting on the score sheet. And I'm going to go for him to score first in this one. I think at the moment, you know, I don't see any reason why you back against him. He's obviously a guy who's, who's really banging form at the moment. Um, obviously scored on the weekend again. Uh, he's now got seven goal contributions in, in the league this season. So, yeah, Julian Alvarez in, in fantastic form at the moment. So I'm going to go for him to score first at 7-1. to one. OK, then now it's time for our long shot acker. We go anywhere in the world on the hunt for odds between 2-1 to one and 5-1. to one. So, Sam, you're up first this week. What have you got for me? Yeah, so we saw Manchester United disappoint again last night. There were some good attacking moments. I think Hoyland looks like he's starting to become the player that Manchester United fans were hoping that they'd get. I mean, he's, to be honest, he's not looked bad in any of the games that he's played. And he's sort of been one of the rare sort of beacons of light for the... Uh, for Eric Ten Hag but what you have to say is Eric Ten Hag is on the ropes at this moment in time um, so I'm going to be back in Brentford at 4-1 to one to beat Manchester United and that's not Old Trafford as well but I'm going bold with this one um, they beat Man United 4-0 uh, last season if you remember and they have a bit of the thing about taking three points when it comes to uh, taking on Manchester clubs as well obviously they've got back-to-back wins now against Manchester City as well how many teams can say that so yeah with this one, obviously, league form for me is going completely out the window because Brentford's league form hasn't been the best of late. I don't think they've won in five league games, but this is a hunch that I'm going with. Um, the price just looks too appealing at four to one to turn down, and obviously, with us landing that fifty-four to one long shot uh, treble a couple of weeks ago, I think we got a bit of money in the bank. Uh, so yeah, let's just let's just go with it. Four to one for Brentford. I like it. Very sound logic indeed, Jamie. What have you got up your sleeve? Yeah, I'm going to stick with that big game that we've just been talking about between Arsenal and uh, Manchester City. And I'm going to go for a City win and uh, both teams to score at 10-3. to um, You know, we've already discussed, obviously, no Bukayo Saka on the weekend for Arsenal. Obviously, Martinelli's probably going to be missing as well. Um, I thought against Spurs, you know, and, and that previous home match in the league, I think they looked very unconvincing. So, yeah, I think Manchester City will come into this one and, and we'll be able to get the win here. But, uh, yeah, I, I think both teams will... Obviously, make this a high-scoring game. Obviously, Man City without Rodri, 
you know, concede, you know, managed to concede plenty of goals this season as well in, in each of their matches. So, uh, yeah, I think it's to be a case where both teams score, but Manchester City come out on top at 10 to 3. Okay, then I'm off to Goodison Park as Everton play host to Bournemouth. And after last week's home defeat to Luton, there's certainly a sense of one step forward and two steps back for Sean Dyche's men. Then again, things have been rather sour for the Cherries this season. They're still yet to find a league win, but you think to yourself, a first win has to come from somewhere. And with Goodison Park often being a nasty place for the host to play, let alone the visitors, I think this one is an away win odds of 14-5. to 5. And of course, check out freebets.com for the latest offers and enhanced odds from all the leading bookmakers. Right, let's focus on some more Premier League headlines now. Next up, we go to the South Coast as Brighton play host to Liverpool. Both teams are looking to bounce back after league defeats last weekend. Sam, how do you see this one unfolding at the Amex? Yeah, so we've obviously spoke about Brighton's sort of chaotic start to the season. Obviously, the league doing very well. Currently third in the league, but I do expect them to drop down at some point, I think. There will be games where their defensive vulnerabilities maybe are sort of capitalised on. And I think this could be one of them occasions where I fancy Liverpool to win in both teams to score. As as I mentioned with Liverpool, they are conceding goals for fun as well by their usual high standards. Only one clean sheet in 11. I think Brighton have got the biggest uh, both teams to score sort of stats in the division. I think every game this season has been both teams to score with them. So I think definitely goals in this one. I just think Liverpool might be a little bit too strong. And I think, yeah, I've got a feeling that trip to Marseille might take a little bit out of Brighton this weekend as well, to be fair. Sorry, this week as well. So, yeah, for me, coming into this one, I'm going to be going for Liverpool to win and both teams score. I've just seen a little bit in Liverpool. There has been some momentum. And obviously, they had that defeat against Spurs, uh, which you could say they were unfortunate in. But I'm seeing sort of Jurgen Klopp's getting a bit more of a response out of his team this season than what we saw last season. I think they're starting to come good. And I think they'll want a reaction after that defeat as well. So Liverpool winning both teams score 11-5. Now, Jamie, Brighton are the slight favourites and we must remember that Curtis Jones and Diogo Jota are going to be suspended for this clash. Do you reckon the bookmakers have taken this into consideration? If you were backing the outcome of this game, where would you be going? Yeah, do you know what? I'm, I'm really surprised to see that Brighton are the favourites for this one. I think, firstly, it's, it's worth considering that Brighton, as we, as we mentioned, they obviously face a very tough away trip to France. Meanwhile, Liverpool, of course, are at home. So, that's obviously a big factor. Um, then, of course, you consider the form of both these two teams. Obviously, Brighton looked really poor on the weekend against Aston Villa, conceding six, as I mentioned as well. Obviously, losing to Chelsea in the Cup. Um, you know, and, and, and uh, now it's three defeats in the last four for them as well. So, they come into this one, you know, not in the best of form. Uh, Liverpool, meanwhile, I think they've looked really good this season. Um, obviously, they did lose to Spurs, but I think that was obviously very controversial. Maybe had decisions gone gone their way, obviously it would have been a very different result. Um, so yeah, and obviously that halted uh, you know run of five straight wins for them in the league as well. So yeah, I, I think that Liverpool will win this one. And then, and as I said, just kind of a real surprise to me that Brighton are the favourites. So. Yeah, I'm going to go for a quite exciting game again. I, I, I like the look of both teams scoring this one. A Liverpool win, uh, which you can get at 21-10. to 10. Now, Saturday lunchtime presents Tottenham with an opportunity to go top of the table as they go to Luton. Sam, Spurs have conceded in each of their last four in the league. Does this mean the away win and both teams to score at 15-8 to eight make sense to you? Yeah, definitely tempted by this one. I think it's one that I will be taking on. Um, I do fancy Spurs for the win, but... Luton have scored six goals from their opening seven in games. It's not groundbreaking, but at least they are sounding the noise that they can score. Uh, they've also got four goals in the last three games. So, to be fair, they're giving it a go. Um, and I think Spurs, as you, you just pointed out there, 
they are vulnerable to a goal, but that's because of the way that I guess Foster Coglu likes his team to play. He likes them playing with that attacking intensity, the, the quick turnovers and stuff like that. He's not afraid to sort of like allow a team to sort of have a go. Do you know what I mean? I think he'll almost encourage Luton on so they can obviously be caught out on the break. And I think that's maybe where Luton might have success for brief periods. But ultimately, I think Spurs will be just too strong for them in the end. And I think Spurs will get the job done and both of them score. 15 to 8 sounds like a great price. Now, Jamie, after two tough weekends, these are the games where Tottenham must do the business. With that in mind, let's look at the winning margin market. How does a two-goal winning margin out of 7-2 sound to you? Yeah, well, uh, Thursday, I think you're right in terms of obviously coming through that tough run of fixtures and obviously done very well. But I think this is now where the pressure starts coming on. Um, Obviously, with, you know, a nice run of games coming up, obviously having done well, I think there'll be that expectation now to do well. And of course... You know, the way they obviously won that Liverpool game as well, obviously there'll be a bit of scrutiny on them. Um, maybe unfairly, because obviously it wasn't their fault that, that VAR kind of made the wrong decision there. But yeah, I, I think in terms of this one, I think you're right. That does look quite a nice price at 72. But uh, as I think I mentioned that, you know, at the top of the show, this is an awkward game for them. Obviously, a 12.30 kickoff is away from home. Obviously, it's going to be a Luton side who are going to, uh, you know, deploy a low block as well. And, you know, we saw against Liverpool... You know, when they went down to nine men and, uh, you know, kind of put a lot of men behind the ball, Spurs kind of struggled there. So uh, that's where Spurs maybe need to improve a little bit, trying to break teams down that do sit deep. We'll see, you know, that's what Spurs have done for the last couple of years. So maybe kind of a bit of karma there. But yeah, I, I think with this one, look, Spurs, they should be good enough for the win here. And uh, I, I said, as you said, you know, a two goal margin, you know, realistically, Spurs should be winning this one fairly comfortably. So, you know, seven to two, I think that's quite a nice one. While we can also go to Goodison and another important clash at the bottom, Sam, the Toffees failed to build on their recent win over Brentford. Can they return to winning ways at odds of 10 to 11? How long have I been sort of saying Everton going against them? And then the one time I back them, they're going to let me down. So there's not a chance I'm taking on Everton uh, when the odds on in the Premier League. It's just not a bet that I'll be willing to entertain at all um, for me. People will say a toss of a coin sort of game, this obviously with the 50-50 outcome, but way you look at it obviously you've got to factor in the draw here as well I think it's one of them games where yeah I don't know I, I think Bournemouth's where the value lies to be quite honest with you free to one team to, to be a big price around that sort of region so yeah I think either draw or Bournemouth is where I'd be going with it I don't think Everton deserves to be odds on from what we've seen with them they're just not consistent enough with with winning games so yeah that'd definitely be hedging more towards um, the double chance or an away win or a draw. Well, Jamie, I backed Bournemouth in the long shot. Sam's just given his answer there. So with that in mind, would you be backing Bournemouth at around 3-1 to one to pick up all three points? Yeah, it's quite interesting, actually, because um, my shout here was was backing Bournemouth in the double chance here at 4-5. to five. Um, I mean, look, it sounds kind of ridiculous to say this because they're sat 19th in the table, no wins and, and four defeats. But... I think Brighton, have, uh, Bournemouth even, have, have been slightly unlucky so far this season. They've put in some good performances and, uh, you know, maybe, as I said, maybe a bit unfortunate not to have come away with a bit more. But I think here could be the perfect opportunity for them to finally kind of get on the board and, and, and maybe get a win on the board. Um, I think, you know, they've, they've obviously made a pretty good start under Iriola so far. 
Um, and, you know, Everton's form been very erratic so far this season. Um, so, yeah, I, I actually think that, you know, Bournemouth are more than capable of coming here and getting something. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to back Bournemouth in the in the double chance market here at four to five. I think, as I said, just looked good at times the season. Obviously, they've got some, you know, pretty big draws recently. Obviously, we saw them draw with Chelsea. Um, you know, against Brighton, another game where they took the lead, obviously took the lead um, at Liverpool as well, um, you know, a couple of weeks ago. So they have been unfortunate, but uh, I think this could be the time where maybe, you know, they do get finally get a bit of fortune and uh, they'll come away with something here. Now that same afternoon sees Burnley Parish to Chelsea. Sam, the Clarets are yet to get anything at home under Vincent Company this season. Would the home double chance odds of 23-20 to 20 be of interest to you? I think it's the perfect game for Chelsea to start off really kick-start their season now and try and propel themselves at the league. We've seen a little bit of form come in their way. Um, obviously, it's, it's, I'm not enjoying backing Chelsea at the moment, let's put it that way. I'm still not seeing the Chelsea that we expect to see of Chelsea, but you know that 1-0 result against Brighton, 2-0 result against Fulham, I think, puts them in good position. I think they're definitely big conference boosters, free on the bounce here, and I think you start to see the shackles come off potentially. Uh, for um, for Chelsea as well, so I think I'm, I'm, I'm going with the with the Chelsea win here, four to six. I think it's about right on the money as well. So yeah, I can't see. Just I've not seen anything from Burnley, uh, Burnley really to suggest that this is going to be a a Burnley win, uh, a draw potentially. But I think Chelsea is where I'll be going with my money. Now Jamie, there have been under two point five goals in each of Chelsea's last four league matches. Will it be more of the same odds of twenty one to twenty? Yeah, I think it will be. Um, obviously, it kind of summarises maybe some of their issues that they've had this season. Um, obviously, good going, uh, good in defence, but uh, going forward, that's where they've kind of had some issues. So, um, yeah, I think as well, just for, for what it's worth, I think I can actually see Chelsea kind of picking up um, in terms of their form. Obviously, we have seen them, you know, get that win against Brighton in the Cup. Obviously, beat Fulham as well. Um, but look, throughout the season, whilst they haven't been getting results, I think their underlying numbers have been very good um, and kind of suggested that they would eventually kind of find a bit of rhythm and, and, and maybe this kind of run might allow them to do that. And especially against the Burnley team, who I think have been very poor this season. Obviously, they did get that win against Luton um, on, on Tuesday, but uh, I think otherwise they've been pretty poor. You know, five defeats from, from seven for Burnley. Um, and yeah, I think I think this is a Chelsea team who can start to pick up now against Fulham. Was pretty impressed by by their performance. I think you know Mudrick looked really good. Cole Palmer is another guy who I really like as well. And their midfield was was fantastic. Obviously Conor Gallagher, and so Fernandez, Moses Caicedo. So you know I think as, as, as it hasn't quite gelled yet. Obviously uh, across the course of the season, might they might start to pick up now. So uh, I do like the look of a Chelsea win here. Um, as you said, I still think maybe lacking some goals. So under two point five goals as well. Uh, you combine that and you can get ten to three. Now, before we move on, I want a correct score bet from you both. It doesn't matter where it is in the world. I just want that outcome spot on. Sam, you're up first. What have you got for me? Yeah, so it's a Premier League game. And I'm going to go for Fulham to beat Sheffield United 2-0 this weekend. It's 7-1. to So I think the Cottagers um, are doing all right this season. Puck along nicely. And I think Sheffield United obviously made a poor start to the season. Currently bottom of the table. Heck in bottom. Definitely feeling the pressure at the moment. I think at home, I think Fulham will get the result. And I think Sheffield United will, will try and contain them. But I think, yeah, a couple of goals for Fulham and uh, nothing on the end for Sheffield United, unfortunately. 7-1. to one. 
Okay, Jamie, what correct score are you hoping for this weekend? Yeah, I'm going to go for the Liverpool-Brighton game. Obviously, as I mentioned, I think Liverpool will come away winners in this one. I think both teams will score. Um, so I'm going to go for a 3-1 win uh, for Liverpool at 16-1. to um, Yeah, I just think that having seen Brighton look so poor against Aston Villa, I think Liverpool can take full advantage here. Um, I know, as it mentioned as well, factoring in, you know, Brighton going away in Europe, Liverpool at home, I think that that will play a factor as well. Um, Liverpool, as I said, just been really impressed by them this season. So, uh, yeah, I think it'll be another win for Liverpool, another defeat for Brighton. So I'm going to go for a 3-1 win for Liverpool at 16-1. to And, of course, check out freebets.com for the best insight and betting tips ahead of this weekend. Right, let's pop up some more Premier League headlines now. First up, we go to Craven Cottage as Fulham play host to Sheffield United. Sam, the Cottagers have only won one of the last six, but you've just backed a 2-0 home win. I guess the home win and under 2.5 goals at 11-4 could also sound good. Yeah, like I said, I mean, the the plucking along in terms of respect league position, the, the currently third teams have got eight points in the first seven games. I mean, that's probably where they'd expect to have been. I know, obviously, they've just about missed out on Europe last season, so their hopes have progressed, but obviously, selling Mitrovic and stuff like that, and there's a lot going on in the Premier League. It's not the worst start to the season. They're plucking along just about OK. Uh, I think Sheffield United is obviously where the major concern comes in, in this fixture. Heckin Bottom, I think we spoke about it last uh, on the last pod, where we think he's likely to be the first managerial exit. I think. Uh, I think this is the this is the sort of game where Fulham definitely have to look at this as a free point opportunity. Uh, I think they'll be going for it. I think I can't. I just can't see Sheffield United taking anything from it. To be quite honest with you, I think there's something there's something about Sheffield United at this moment in time where I'm not too comfortable with them. Um, in, in, with the way they're playing, I think, I think they started the season well. A lot of positives in there, but I just think they're sort of starting to drop off a bit now. Stands maybe starting to drop up a little bit, and I think Fulham will take full advantage here. And I think, uh, yeah, I can just see, I can just see it being a, a two, yeah. It's, obviously, I've tipped two 0 there before. Um, I don't think it'd be a high scoring game. I think Sheffield United look to contain. Uh, I just think it's where Sheffield United. I, I can't see them going for it. Do you know what I mean? I think they're more likely to play for a draw, which is obviously not the right attitude. So I think, yeah, a full and winning two, uh, two and a half is where I'll be going. Well, Jamie, if we look at the first 45 minutes of this game, goals are in short supply for both teams. With the logic that Sam's just offered up, would a stalemate at the interval be of interest to you? Or to five to four? Yeah, I, I think so. Um, obviously, Fulham, they look well short in the, in the goals department so far this season. They've blanked in the last two matches. Um, and yeah, now just two goals in the last four as well. So, you know, really struggling for goals there. Uh, meanwhile, Sheffield United, they've also blanked in the last two games as well. So, uh, yeah, I think nil-nil at half-time. And do you know what? Even at full-time, I can see this one kind of ending up as a nil-nil as well. So, uh, you can get that at nine to one, nil-nil at full-time. But uh, yeah, I think this would be a game where, you know, maybe it is a bit of a slow burner and, and maybe Fulham are the ones that do come at the top eventually in that second half. But uh as I, said, I think this one could, could co goalless throughout the whole game. So, uh, yeah, I'll definitely be taking nil-nil at the break. Now, next up, we're off to Old Trafford as Manchester United plays to Brentford. Sam, you mentioned Brentford in the long shot acker. Is both teams to score odds of 7-10 a good starting point in this one? Yeah, you can say it's a good starting point, obviously. I mentioned Hoyland as well uh, earlier. I think he looked really good. He was a bright spark for Manchester United uh, last night against Galatasaray. So, yeah, I think... Obviously, Hoyland starting up top definitely gives Manchester United a threat. Um, 
yeah, I just think this is going to be a very attacking game. I think Brentford have been, well, the will have been, Brentford have been keeping an eye on Manchester United and they'll be looking at it and going, do you know what, we can, I see blood here. And Thomas Frank's side desperately need a result as well. So they're definitely going to be looking to expose Manchester United. The only way you can go to Old Trafford is you've got to, they're going to have to just really go for it. They're really going to have to go for it. And I think this is the perfect opportunity to do, to do exactly that. Um, yeah, United just look weak at this moment in time. There's definite vulnerabilities there. And obviously, you've got to look at Anana as well, the goalkeeper. Um, you know, I'd be looking at a high press here. I'd be looking, going, right, do you know what? If they're going to try and play out the back like they're doing, they're getting caught out so many times. And I think Brentford is the perfect sort of team to maybe look at that as well and actually um, play played their strengths. So I think, yeah, both teams score is definitely a good shout. Now, Jamie, on the flip side, Brentford haven't won any of their last five in the league. So can Man United pounce on this with a much-needed home win or to 8-13? to Yeah, well, there you go. I mean, they look, two teams in this one going head-to-head who you certainly wouldn't want to back at the moment. Uh, Manchester United, they look very fragile and kind of capable of losing to anyone at the moment. Obviously, lost to, to Palace on the weekend losing to Galatasaray in the Champions League as well. Um, so, yeah, I think as, you know, as well, played during midweek. Um, so that might take its toll as well. Um, but, yeah, I think, you know, do you really trust Brentford to go and take full advantage of that? It's just one win all season for them. So uh, I'm going to back a draw here. Um, I just think given the unpre- unpredictability of both teams at the moment, uh, I just don't see Brentford taking advantage of Manchester United poor form. And I just don't think Manchester United can do the same either. So I'm going to go for a draw here at 16-5. to Now, Saturday also sees Palace and Forest square off at Selhurst Park. The Eagles sought a victory at Old Trafford last weekend. Sam, would you be backing them to do the same this weekend or just 21-20? to Yeah, it's, I mean, let's be honest, I think this might be one of the most horrible games to call uh, this weekend, to be fair. I think it's... Uh, Two teams are exactly prolific when it comes to the winning department. Uh, but both have probably got to better starts than maybe they might have expected at the beginning of the season. So, fair play to both teams on that front. Uh, um, for me, I can see a draw in this one. Um, I think Palace started well. Obviously, home home saw gives them that uh, gives them that slight advantage. So, yeah, that's exactly why the odds are placed at where they are. But I think for me, if I'm looking at value, I'd probably be looking more towards the draw here, sort of edging towards a three-to-one sort of area. I think that's where the value lies. Now, Jamie, if you had to give us a result and goals combo bet, what outcome takes your fancy in South London? Yeah, I uh, agree with Sam there in terms of a draw. So I'm going to go for a draw and I'm going to go for under 2.5 goals um, at 11-4. to um, Palace, they've lost just twice so far this season. Meanwhile, three defeats for Forest, And um, look, I think both teams have, have had pretty similar forms so far this season. So I think it's going to be a case of where both teams cancel each other out. Um, for Palace, looks like they've just lost Eze to a fairly long-term injury. I think reports were saying he's going to be out for around six weeks. So that's a big blow for them in terms of the goal-scoring department. Um, you know, and then, you know, you look at Forrest as well. You know, haven't been particularly emphatic in front of goal. We'll see... Um, you know, they have got eight goals from their first seven matches. But again, you know, not nothing too much to shout about there. Palace, they've scored seven from seven as well. So two teams who come into this one, you know, not particularly emphatic in front of goal. As I said, uh, losing as they will be a big blow for Palace. So I'm going to go for a low scoring draw um, here. And as I said, draw and under 2.5 at 11 to 4. 
Okay, Sunday sees West Ham play host to Newcastle. Both teams will be in Europe in midweek. The Magpies will have more time to recover. Sam, with your Magpies hat firmly on, how does the away win of both teams to score sound at odds of 11-4? to Yeah, so it's going to be interesting to see how, um, how Newcastle come through this PSG game. What I will say is we've got quite a few concerns going into that game and I don't know how it affects going into the weekend as well. And there's also another big loss, actually, for disciplinary reasons. Anthony Gordon suspended, so he's picked up five yellow cards already. So he's been missing, and he's been a massive part of um, Newcastle's success in recent games, especially. But he's probably been our sort of... Um, yeah, he's, he's, been, he's been our best attacking player, definitely, this season. I'd have to say that. I think he's sort of really set the tone uh, for everything. Uh, the fans are really getting on board with him, obviously. Came into the season in great form. He picked up the Europe on the uh, sorry the under twenty ones Europe player of the tournament awards. So yeah, he's been really really good for us, and that's a massive blow. Obviously, Sven Botman's missing out against PSG tonight. We know how much of an impact that tends to have on Newcastle's defence. If he's out for the weekend as well, could be a big blow. So that would obviously be great for the both teams to score side of things. Um, players like Joe Linton as well. Uh, he's out. Um, Tonali, doubtful, and Wilson as well. Injury doubts there. So there's a few key players here um, when it comes to Newcastle that could potentially all be unavailable at the weekend. So for me, I'd be looking maybe at a draw in this game. OK, Jamie, there are plenty of candidates when it comes to the first goal scorer in East London. Which player is getting the nod for you? Yeah, I'm going to go for uh, for Jared Bowen uh, on this one. He's eight to one to score any uh, to score the first goal. Um, obviously, made a really good start to the season. Five goals in seven matches. Um, also scoring in his last two as well. Um, he was rested in um, West Ham's last Euro- Europa League game, and uh, yeah, I think he might get rested again on Thursday, so he should be ready for Sunday. Um, so yeah, Jared Bowen's my pick here. And finally, we have the Midlands derby between Wolves and Aston Villa. Both teams won last weekend. Sam, which team, if any, is taking your pick on Sunday? Yeah, so for me, I'm going to be going with Aston Villa. They're absolutely fine at the moment, obviously. Uh, five wins from the last six in the league. Fair play to Wolves uh, coming to this match, fresh off a shock win against Manchester City last weekend. But Wolves conceded in all but one of the seven games of the season. I think the way that Aston Villa is scoring at this moment in time, 18 goals makes them the joint second highest scoring team in the league. Lads, who do you reckon the joint with? Well, I don't know. 18 goals. Yeah, so you've got Newcastle. Who do you reckon the highest scoring team in the league is? Brighton. Yes, correct. Yes. Brighton, goals. Well done. Uh, so, yeah, Newcastle and Aston Villa, joint highest, sorry, second highest scoring teams in the league. So, and Brighton top with 19. But yeah, so with that in mind, obviously. Aston Villa firing, firing at the front. Ollie Watkins, obviously, that hat-trick last weekend. He'll be wanting to go and uh, make another statement here uh, in a derby against Wolves. I think that Villa will be too strong. And what we're seeing at the moment is that Villa have clicked into gear. I think the first few games, there was a bit of rustiness there with them. But we're seeing the best of Villa now and the best of Emery. And I think that, unfortunately for Wolves, they might just come unstuck here at home. Jamie, Ollie Watkins just mentioned there, he's back in the goal-scoring groove. Would you be backing him to net any time on Sunday, odds of 8-5? to five? Yeah, definitely. We'd definitely be backing Ollie Watkins here. Um, obviously, four goals in his last two matches and kind of looks back to his best. But uh, look, he's not the only option for Aston Villa as well. Uh, Moussa Diaby has been, uh, been in fantastic form. Um, five goal contributions in total this season in the league. So, 
a really good start for him. Um, the Frenchman's five to two to score any time against Wolves, and uh, yeah, another another player that I really like here. Okay, it's time for our final bit of business now. It's the odds on threefold. We all pick a leg each. We combine it into an acre. We try and go for bets over one to two, but less than evens. And let's see if we can get another winner over the line. Sam, you're up first. What have you got for me? So heading down to League Two now, uh, and we're going to go for Crawley versus Wrexham, both teams to score. So Wrexham scored 23 goals and also conceded 23 goals in their 11 games this campaign. So basically over two goals uh, scored and over two goals conceded average uh, in their 11 games so far. As for Crawley, pretty similar stats. Scored 20 and conceded 19 in their 11 games. So just shy of two goals scored and two goals conceded per game. So but that standards are pretty good stead for both teams to score shout this weekend. Yeah, all eyes on League Two there. Jamie, what have you got up your sleeve? Yep, I'm going to go for Chelsea to beat Burnley at four to six. I think Burnley have obviously got their first win of the season um, on Tuesday uh, against Luton, but uh, otherwise, I think they've been really poor so far this season. Uh, meanwhile, Chelsea, I think they're they're a team who probably can pick up uh, from here. Obviously, got that win against Fulham. One against Brighton as well in the Cup, as, as I mentioned. So, uh, yeah, they're they they look they're looking pretty good at the moment. And uh, I think, you know, Burnley shown little suggests that they're going to kind of, you know, be a team that's going to cause Chelsea some issues here. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to go for a Chelsea win against Burnley at 4-6. to six. OK, then I'm off to the Championship as Leicester play host to Stoke. With Leicester playing Preston in midweek, they're either going to be first or second before they welcome Alex Nils' men on Saturday. Regardless of the Foxes' position, things aren't going great for Stoke at the Bet365 Stadium. Just one win in the league in six, and they also suffered a Tuesday night loss at home to Southampton. Due to this run of indifferent form, I can't see them causing Leicester any trouble at all, and this is why I'm backing the home win odds of 4-7. to seven. Right, that brings us to full time, so I just need to do the admin before we wrap up. As mentioned before, if any of these bets take your fancy, make sure to visit the free bets websites, and now I just need to thank my duo of top guests. Sam, thanks for joining me this afternoon. I hope you enjoyed that one. Pleasure as always, boys. Looking forward to uh, seeing how tonight goes with the Champions League. Fingers crossed we get results. Um, so yeah, yeah, lots to look forward to. And obviously the weekend's bets as well. Picks out some good ones there. So yeah, let's see how we get on. And uh, look forward to seeing you again next week. Best of luck on the Magpies front. And Jamie, thanks for your time and sharing your betting insights with me. Yeah, thanks, Dan. And yeah, again, you know, some exciting Champions League games on, on the, the night we're recording. So uh, looking forward to them. Obviously, Europa League as well. And uh, yeah, lots of big Premier League games to look forward to, especially that Manchester City-Arsenal game. I'm really looking forward to seeing that one. So uh, yeah, and obviously Newcastle, West Ham as well as another big one, Liverpool, Brighton. So lots of really good games in there. So yeah, yeah, looking forward to the weekend. Cheers, mate. And also, we're off for a full-time membership. And with that said, it just leaves me to say that my name's Dan Tracy. This is the Odds On Podcast. And until next time, goodbye. Goodbye.